Hello and welcome to Beautiful Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this new episode. In today's episode, I have a guest on the show. My guest has an incredible story of how God brought her out and saved her from abuse, addiction to pornography, masturbation, saved her from depression, and redeemed her. It just shows how much God loves us. I don't know why God placed this in my heart to bring her on the podcast and share the story, but I believe it's for someone out there, for somebody listening for me, for you, just remember that God is a redeemer. That's who he is. And he's just out there to redeem me. So whatever you think you've done, that you think is so out of this world, is so crazy, God can forgive. God forgives. God heals. And God loves you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review. Tell a friend. Send me a message. I set up an email account for beautiful my podcast (laughs) so you can always send me emails and if you have questions or if you have topics or just some things you have in mind that you want me to talk about yeah you can send me an email i apologize for the sound quality of this episode it was recorded in a coffee shop please bear with me thank you so much for listening to the podcast and join me as a welcome tommy olotu on the show i've been following tommy's instagram for over two years now and I've never met somebody that loves to talk about God. That's very vulnerable, talks about herself, talks about her journey, just life generally, and loves life. I had to bring her on the show because I, I'm just curious to know what, what it takes for you to be so vulnerable, especially on social media where a lot of people are very shy and I won't even say shy, like to paint a different picture of their lives. You know, they just want to look perfect. But here's somebody showing you who she is and and this is her life. So tell me, can you tell us what motivated you to be so open and vulnerable about your Christian faith, your life on social media? Okay. Um, so I think, honestly, it was God. Um, because my past, I'm someone that actually doesn't talk a lot. So my family is always worried. Like, they're like, what's going on with you? And why are you not... Um, like why are you not sharing what's going on people that i would be with they would have a hard time trying to crack you know quote unquote the wall and it got to a point where i think at the height of my depression i didn't know how to i didn't know how to talk to people i was literally slowly dying inside and god was the only person that i could run to you know there's a bunch of other things that happened along the way but god was the only person that i could run to i was like if i don't talk to somebody if i don't open up i'm literally going to break down and be done and god started to help me the holy spirit started to help me just realize who i am i'm still it's still a journey it's a process and there's some days when i have very bad days and i have to run to god for comfort but it was the holy spirit that helped me because when I share things on Instagram, funny enough, like I throw my phone, like I'm like, now that I've put this out there, people are now going to know what it is, you know, what's going on. Because they'll see you now, like you do face beats, you wear your, your clothes, you go out, you have friends, you have family. So how can this person be depressed? How can this person have struggled, you know, with like insecurities? The depression is the biggest thing that I've spoken about. But, you know, so this is the first time I'm going to say it this is God leading me and hopefully I don't know how this is going to turn out but also just dealing with addiction so I used to be addicted to porn 
it was a like you know when you're like it was a slave mentality and that's just coming from like a long history i mean of being abused like when i was really really young by our house help and there was that and you know um being abused by someone later on in college and so i'd always had that mindset you know that sex was like the only offering or something that i could give in order to feel love or in order to feel accepted and so there came the addiction to porn there came the addiction the addiction to masturbation and then there came the depression the depression i've talked a lot about um on social media so now this is out there and let's see where god you know where god um, takes this but yeah um it was it was god that helped me through um, through all of that in being able to break down those barriers because if i say that it was my own strength it's just it's a joke so being able to share about depression online i think god was just like look there's so many people that are struggling and obviously everyone knows the whole um, african mentality and you know oh there's nothing like depression and sometimes i would tell my mom i'm like you know i do think that i'm depressed and she's like no just pray and my mom is amazing but you know because she was brought up with that mentality of you cannot say that you're depressed there's so many things to be grateful about and there's so many things to be happy about how is it possible that you're depressed um but now you know we've gotten to a point where she understands that this is a calling me being able to share but you know long story short it's the holy spirit that helps me if i talk about my heights of depression i mean i've had suicidal thoughts um one time i put up um me like when i stopped using my antidepressants because those literally threw me into such a dark place but yeah going to therapy that was something that was hard for me to talk about as well it was even hard for me to admit that i needed i i just thought you know what once i have like one close person that i can talk to i'm good but because i struggled so much with opening up to people it was hard for me to just go the like the whole ride and fix you know fix myself so that's when i knew that i needed therapy because i was getting anxiety attacks i was having panic attacks and at some point i couldn't pray so you know when when people say like oh you know like you share your work with god i'm like girl you have no idea like god has been so merciful and so kind because i like there's days when i can't pray yes even when i didn't talk to god and when i felt like unloved but then therapy so you know a lot of people say that um if you're a Christian and you say that you're in therapy, then like you don't have faith or you don't believe. And I was a victim of that. I thought that I didn't believe in God or I didn't believe that God could heal me. But then God brings people. Do you understand? Like there's a reason why people will go to school to become licensed therapists. And I was so fortunate to have a therapist who had you know who was a christian and who understood the two sides of the coin and so that helped a lot with being able to just clear my mind and understand like where i am who i am and um, but yeah it's god it's god that really does help me you know at the end of the day to share things online so so and after listening to everything i can see god really turned your life around i want to know how at what point did you decide that okay I need God's help. I you had to reach out or cry out for God, and this was probably the breaking point or the lowest point in your life. Hmm. So I mean, if I cry, it's not because obviously, but and this is another first. So I guess there's a reason why God wanted us to meet, and it's something that 
God has been, you know, when God is like pushing you, and you're just like, I'm like, God, if I say this thing, then what are people going to think? Well, then, you know, you have to get to a point where it's, um, yeah, I mean, this is your past. God literally doesn't see any of this. You, you have freedom. So, I mean, along with being depressed, I also had a need to understand love and I know that a lot of people have this story of you know I didn't grow up I mean I knew my parents loved me I didn't necessarily feel that I didn't necessarily understand that because there were also a lot of things that I saw um, just at home that made me feel like this you know maybe this isn't love me like maybe I don't understand love and so as as early as I could remember I thought that being with somebody, so in a relationship, right, and like I said, giving your body to that person meant that that was love and that they would accept you and that they would love you because you've given yourself to them physically. Um, so as far back as I can remember, it's always been a situation of... Um, Okay, if you meet somebody, he might not like you, but maybe if you kiss him, or maybe if he says, okay, he wants to have sex, then, ah, okay, maybe that means that this is kind of like, a, you know, a, a, like a seal of approval and that something good will happen. So for the longest time, I was obsessed with the idea of marriage and just meeting that one person who would give themselves to me and I would give myself to them and I would raise a family just with our own traditions and that... It overwhelmed me literally because the first person that I met that I thought oh my god like this could be the one like this could be you know the last bus stop <laughs> like I was so quick <laughs> to offer myself not that I look back you know I don't I don't necessarily regret any of it you know I received a freedom from God but the lowest point that I got to so like I said, I was depressed constantly in 2009, literally the whole year. Like my sister and my friend, she's passed away now, but my sister and my friend, they were the two people who knew the depth of my depression. I probably was a little addicted to drinking. I, I put it on like college, you know, like college fun, but it was an addiction to drinking. Um, I picked up smoking. It was a lot of things that happened. Um, so there were people that would come along and I would think this is the person and you know like I said sex would happen I wouldn't feel any closer to them I wouldn't feel any more in love and I would just end up with a wreck so I moved back to Nigeria in 2011 I had you know ups and downs I would be I would have like bouts of depression and anybody that is depressed will tell you that like some days you're good obviously and some days you're bad but sometimes the bad spells last for a while and it's very hard to get yourself out of that rut um but yeah going you know moving back to nigeria i met i met people and it was just this same continued mindset of the only way like sex is love that it's a very warped mindset there's so many people that are living in that bondage um anyways i didn't I had a period where I also didn't believe in God because I was abused in college as well. Um, so I didn't, I didn't believe in God. You know, I was addicted to porn. There was, you know, all these things that were going on, and so I was just like, I don't understand this God from my past. You know, this God from my childhood. So I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to, you know, go to church. Like I would go to church just so that I didn't have to lie to my dad that I had gone to church. But then. I know that you know God is the one that invites you like he calls you to him you know 10 people can preach to you but your heart has to be ready and the Holy Spirit is the one that prepares your heart so then sometime around like 2000 and I would say like 2013 
I started feeling this like so some people will be like this urge or like this feeling like there has to be more do you understand like there has to be more to life and that was right around when I had gotten to the height of like my addiction to porn and I just shouted out I was like god I don't know you but I need like this has to stop do you understand like this is, is madness but there was still the issue of feeling like sex was the only way that I would get love so there were two things those were the two major things that I was that I was struggling with um so I think, I can't remember now, but I think it was 2015, just because, you know when like you have a past and God has healed you so much from that past that you're like, I don't even know what year that was. But no, so, you know, this whole continued, I'll meet people, think that they're the one, I'll be in a rush just to give myself to them. Maybe by the time I had sex, then they would just stay with me. It, it was, that's, that comes from not knowing who you are and what you are worth. Um, so I met somebody, I remember one time, I met this guy. And I was like, ah, no, this one. <laughs> I said, God, <laughs> this one is different. So right around, so I think it was 2015, I knew that God had been telling me that I needed to break loose from that stronghold of, you know, sex in, you know, in the in in, in the light that I was viewing it, and I knew that God was calling me to live a celibate life, right until at least until I got married. But I was just like, God, like this is the only thing that I know that i equate to love do you understand like i didn't understand god's love so sometimes i'll cry i'm like i'm like god i don't believe that you love me i don't like it was just a struggle for me so anyways i kept struggling with that and i would feel the holy spirit i didn't know the holy spirit like i just knew that there was something you know the way people would be like is it my conscience that voice but girl that's the holy spirit you know so um anyways i met this guy I thought that I said, God, this one has to be the one. And because I had a plan in my head, I was like, marry by 24, have Girl, children by, you, you know, as I in have children plan. by 30, then be that yummy mommy that will now be wearing like good, nice things to go and pick up her children in school. <laughs> I had such a mindset. Anyways, um, met this guy, thought he was the one. I told God, I was like, God, this one has to be the person because there's no way he's caring, he's loving. You know, I told him that I didn't want to have sex. He was like, okay. I said, hey, I've made it. I said, I have arrived in this life. So, he worked in an oil company. He worked on the rig. And he wasn't in Lagos. So, when he was coming to Lagos, you know when you're like, ah, you're, preparing, you're preparing, you're safe. I said, oh my God. I said, Bay is coming. I gotta go see him. I remember that day, um, I was going to go see him. And that was the first time I knew that that was the Holy Spirit talking. The Holy Spirit said, this one you will not recover from quickly. I was like, what's this? Like, why are you telling me this? Like, what's going on? But I was like, no, I'm just going to go, like, ah, God, somebody that likes me like this, ah, don't worry, I won't have sex with him, I won't have sex with him, like, let me just go, so I pushed away all warnings, and what I quickly got to learn was that God will not force you, you can, like, if you choose to disobey, God is not a God, he doesn't force you to come to him, you come to him, he invites you, but you come to him willingly, and you... You go, you go into a relationship with him willingly. So I went because I was like, it's okay, Holy Spirit. I, I don't know. Like I was like, ah, what kind of? So I thought to me, I thought, ah, I was like, see people from my village that want to keep me, <laughs> that want to keep me from my man. So I went, and of course I ended up having sex with him. And when I was done, I didn't have to wait for anything to happen. I knew that I was pregnant. Like I knew, like you know, it was just like I got home. And then I wept, and I was like, God, there's no way. Like, the Holy Spirit said, 
there's no way that I'm going to recover from this and I I couldn't pray after that I thought that God hated me and like I said it's a foundational thing you know people not knowing that God loves them people not knowing what salvation is not really understanding their their adoption into you know like like being brothers and sisters of Christ if you don't understand it it's going to be such a struggle through your life so I knew that even before I took a test. But you know where somewhere in your mind you're like, God, please, like, have I'm mercy. sorry. Like, have mercy on me. It cannot be. So I continued to live life. And then I was like, where is Auntie Eve this month? <laughs> and I'm laughing about it. You know? like, so it sounds crazy. I'm laughing about it. But, you know, that's just, you know, where you come when you know that, like, you and God, like, you guys, like, we've hashed it out. I was like, where is Auntie Eve? So then... I went and I got like two pregnancy tests and I was like the second line is not showing really clearly so maybe <laughs> I was like so maybe I said perhaps is not a paraventure it cannot be that I mean this is me that had been so obsessed about like having my own child and being you know in, in being a mom and being a wife and so I took I think like six pregnancy tests and there was no hiding it so I said, you know what, let me go to the hospital because all these people could have expired. The manufacturer might not even be good. So I went. And then the nurse is like, oh, congratulations. I'm like, if you don't shut up, I will slap you. And I looked at her and I didn't know anything. So funny enough, I do know. I had had friends when we were younger because my mom is really cool. And we would go and tell my mom. Like, oh, you know, my friend is pregnant. What can she do? How can she talk to her mom? But for some funny reason, I couldn't talk to my mom because I thought she'll be so disappointed. I mean, this is somebody... Like, my mom is AG. I'll tell you about her later. Um, so I went to the nurse and I begged her and I said, help me. That was the lowest moment of my life. I said, help me. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, I can't have this baby. And, and you know, funny enough, so this guy that I thought was the one... So literally like three days after I left him, stopped picking my calls, didn't hear from him, didn't hear from his friends, literally disappeared off the face of the earth. So I was, you know when you are wrecked, like if somebody takes chainsaw and cuts you. So I was dealing with that. I was dealing with, now I'm carrying his baby. Um, so I told the nurse, I was like, I can't have this baby. And she's like, no, um, we don't do that here. You have to like you just have the baby maybe give it up for adoption and i'm like are you mad like can you, do you understand like are you mad so i left that hospital i went home i cried i told my really close friend i told my sister and they were just wrecked with me because they're like what do we do like where do you go from here i couldn't talk to anybody more, more importantly i just i left god and that's it was it was horrible so i ended up finding somebody finding a hospital that you know could do could do the process and I went that day um I went that day like now that I think about it is is no 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 it's fine yeah no so I went that day and I mean I've told I've told smaller groups of people but like I said God has been leading me for a while to share my story and to just you know come out I mean I've spoken I've spoken to my mom you know and you know eventually I'll have to tell my dad but this is the calling on my life um but I went that day and I sat down and I waited for like four hours 
and I remember right when so I had gotten like anesthesia and I remember right when the doctor was about to start he just put his hand on my on my thigh and he shook his head and it was probably like I've seen too many of these you understand and I was broken but you know before you knew it was over I remember waking up I threw up and then they were like, okay, you have to go home. Like, you have to get up and, and go. I couldn't drive, obviously. I couldn't tell anyone what was going on. So I was in pain. I thought I was going to die. And I walked home. Like, people probably thought, like, I was drunk on the road. I walked home. And I locked the door. for And pretty much, like, the entire weekend, I don't think that I ate or that I came out. And I just wept. Like, you know, there's a difference between, like, crying, like, I, like, I wept, and I just thought, now that I have come here, like, got into this point, there's no turning back. Let me just continue to live my life, you know, in, like, a life of sin, because there's no way that God loves me, and there's no way that God accepts me because of what I've done. I didn't know who to talk to, I couldn't pray, like, so... I carried that guilt and you know Satan is the master of making you feel like like so Satan like he would keep telling me these lies like oh, look at what you've done do you understand you've taken a life just like your life has no meaning so it was now a lot of self-hate and I went further into depression but it's funny because I still had to go to work and I still had to hang out. Do you understand? I still had to like hang out with friends. So I would, I kept drinking, and I kept going to work, and I kept being the cool girl. Do you understand? Like, ah, told me it's funny, told me it's lively, but inside I was literally dying. And so I remember one night, I, I, I was so taunted, and but like the battle of the mind is the, oh my gosh. So I was so taunted, and I had cried so much that I had a headache. And I, I, I won't be surprised if like blood was coming out of my eyes, but like I had cried so bad, like my eyes were literally bloodshot. And I just said, God, I just need to know that you love me. I didn't go to church. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't like, I was like, I was a shell. Do you understand? Like, so I cried so bad and I said, God, I just need to know that you love me. Despite everything that is going on. And I remember I fell asleep and and God said, I will cover your shame. And of course, it wasn't now like the next day, oh, the sun is shining, flowers are growing, but it was some comfort. And that was the lowest point, and that was where I cried out to God. And that was where my relationship with God then started. So yeah, it was definitely 2015, because then I told some of my close girlfriends in 2016. Um, but yeah, that was... Wow. I feel so honored to just hear your story thank you so much for sharing it i know it's so hard to talk about this but just seeing how far you've come and how 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 much god has turned your life around i mean i'm just thinking back and looking at all your pictures i'm like wow i wouldn't know you've, you've gone through so much because you had so bubbly happy i mean you guys need to meet toby you know how much energy she has and how lively you are so speaking about it i know god pulled you from such a a painful past and such a painful experience what do you love so much about god i mean who is god to you okay so this is a deep question because i'm still finding that out so you know the way the bible says that you grow from the milk 
like you know to eating the meat so god has been merciful to me right because trust me so i'm i'm a fish for lack of a better word like sometimes i don't pray sometimes i don't talk but i think the the way that i've come to know god is just as a redeemer like and every time now i i go to i go to guiding lights assembly and I'm with this youth group Ignite. God led me to that church. That's you know another story for another day. But God led me to that church because I knew that He knew that it was time for me to grow. And He had, you know, you know, like God will God will deal with you on whatever level you are. That's what people always feel like, ah, they have to be praying. and that was me. I felt like I had to be praying ten hours a day. And if I didn't read the Bible one day or more, I've missed it. Let me just go and sit down in hell. I'm beating apple with it. <laughs> um, but God is a redeemer to me. He is. Yeah, but like I said, God, God is a redeemer. So, a redeemer one, and then God is, God is like my patience. Like He's just my patience, Father, because every level that you are. So, I mean, when I first started, just getting, going through all these experiences, and getting healed. I used to think that I had to do so much. I had to go to all the church programs. I had to pray 10 hours. And if I didn't do it, then I didn't, you know, maybe. So I felt like I had to do something in order to gain God's love. And let me know, like, till today, sometimes it's still a mindset. It's still a mindset that I'm battling with. Like, you are redeemed. You are righteous in Christ Jesus. Like, so is just understanding that so to me god is my lover like god so and i mean so another thing is so i'll be celibate two years in september whoop, whoop, whoop. So, yes yes so yes, he's girl. he's my strong tower he's my redeemer these are ways that i've personally experienced him in such a depth strong tower redeemer he's my sure rock and he's my lover you know it's it's been amazing literally like my journey with god um where i've been the, the things that i do the mindsets that i've had the things that i've thought if i don't do this then maybe god won't love me and god is just god is just slowly showing me his love and taking his time with me but i also do know that i'm at a point where i do need to be more disciplined because there is a call so i mean i'm like i said i go to guiding light assembly i belong to the youth group ignite and they've changed my life, you know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't always want to be so emotional. But if I ever write a letter to them one day and tell them just how much, because they were an answer to a prayer, and I was going to be disobedient and not go. I, I'd never heard about Garden Lights Assembly. God led me there, and God knew that they, in this season of my life that I am now, that's where I need to be. So, and then reason why I say God is a redeemer because I, I thought that I was useless. I used to self-hate really bad. And I'm not talking self-hate like, oh, you know, your nose is too big. No, I'm talking self-hate like you are worthless. You'll never, you'll never know good. You'll never do good because this is what you've done. This is who you've been. And I thought that I was such like a useless vessel. And the first time God gave me prophetic words about other people, I was so scared. 
because I was like, God, I'm not even like you know. There's some people that when you see there, when you see their relationship with God, they're like, ah, this one is on a different level. I'm like, God, I'm not even there. And so I thought, like, I thought I had to be doing so much in order for God to just use me. I didn't. I really didn't understand that to just be a yielded vessel concept. I didn't understand it. Sometimes I still don't because I'm like, God, like you know i'm fine but how is it possible that you want to use me for other people's lives and you know so it takes a lot for me to obey so that's discipline so now god is i'm now at a point where i'm like of course i'm there's still struggles i'm not perfect but i think that i'm now at a point where i know that regardless of whatever happens in my life if i don't have god and if i can't rely on him in the ways that i know him then this life is worthless to me so everybody experiences god god has so many names if you go through the bible i mean the reason why people were able to give god those names is because they experienced god in that way and you know slight plug so there's i mean a discipleship program at my church anybody from any church can take it um it's called like it's a discipleship program i'm on the second level now and it's experiencing god and so it became very real to me like god would give me prophetic words for people god would say things to me i'm like but god like can you just like god like can we just be alone like why do you like why are you telling me things about other people why are you showing me things because i didn't i just felt like i was worthless so god is god is like he's clothed me like you know just in this beautiful robe so that's why like when i say like he's my lover there's some days let me know like when i'm like ah oh, god i'm struggling oh i don't believe it so of my own belief oh well, you know, that, that's who he is to me. Thank you so much for sharing that to me. I can totally relate to knowing who God is. I grew up a Christian. I've always known God. But then there are certain experiences that have shaken, that have shaken me, you know. You get so discouraged and the devil is there whispering and telling you all sorts in your ear. But when you remember who God is, God has been a provider in my life. Yeah, he has shown up for me. There are testimonies I can't wait to share on this podcast. But so many things have happened that I know God has my back. Some days I just get so upset and I think, okay, I should be doing better than this. Then when I look back, I'm like, maybe God just brought you here. Don't you think, if you think God is involved in, in the big things in your life, why do you think he's not involved in the little things? Take, take for instance, this podcast, sitting down with Tommy or talking about it. It was all God, y'all. So Tommy, can you tell me... Um, but then it has to do with how you take care of yourself spiritually. Like, what do you do to feed your spirit? And what can you share with the listeners? Oh, yeah. So I, lo- I love this question because, um, like I said, the, there was a, the longest period I couldn't pray. Um, I thought that prayer was this very foreign and formal thing. And, you know, if you're not closing your eyes, if you're not shouting, if you're not, you know, setting prayer points, like... Everything background. Yes. So, yeah. like, <laughs> um, so I couldn't pray and I couldn't talk to people. So two things that have helped me, and would I say routine? So one music, um, Christian music, because I actually got to a point where, you know, when I was dealing um, with my addiction to masturbation and breaking that addiction to porn, God showed me that the the things that would trigger you, and so, I mean, I love music. I can dance. I'm not even trying to. Like, you know, yeah, girl. Okay, so I can dance for Africa. Like, I'm not, like, when we were younger, my sister, we would go to birthday parties and she would just sit back and let me sweep all the best dancer prizes. So we would go home, or like, 
like full hands but yeah but god revealed to me that the music that i was listening to and some of the things that i was watching were triggers thanks for joining with Tommy in this episode join us next wednesday in the concluding part as we talk on how to cope with a painful past and heal in christ's love we talk about the beauty of keeping a journal and Tommy shares her self-care too and so much more. I don't want to leave you empty-handed, so I'd like you to listen to this song. This is the song for this episode. It's called Wonderful Grace. It's by Tasha Cox Leonard featuring Anna Golden. It's a lovely song, and I think it's a really... It's to just make Tommy's story a little bit clearer, or you just get to appreciate That's great. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, follow me on SoundCloud, send me an email, leave a comment, and tell a friend. Thank you very much. See you in the next episode.